0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Bioinformatics Lab podcast. I'm Kevin Libwit with Andrew Page. We're from Theogen, and today we're talking about PhDs and their utility in the professional life. I do not have a PhD, Andrew, or Dr. Andrew Page. You clearly do have a PhD. We have, I'm guessing, similar perspectives on this, but we're coming from, you know, different sides of whether or not we both have PhDs and our experience in academia. Um, So, mate, let's start there. What is... What is the utility of having a PhD if someone's thinking about going down that route in your perspective?
1: It depends on what you want to do at the end of the day. And so, if you want to go into uh, bioinformatics, you don't need a PhD. But if you want to go into bioinformatics research, you know, and, uh, there, there is some value in it. So, it, it's that kind of uh, really the end goal there. But what I've seen is, you know, some very clever people, they don't want to spend five years or seven years, you know, I used to work for us effectively doing a phd and they wanna get stuck in and then that practical experience that they get on the job is just as valuable uh, the route i took was quite different uh, probably to other people i started university at 17 so for my first year at 17 which is quite young <clears throat> and wait, what's then... average in uh, the uk or yeah uh, you were in, in, in the uk it'd be 18 19 it was just the way things worked out um i was 17 starting um So then I did a four-year degree and then I went straight into a PhD. So I didn't do a master's or anything like that. And my PhD took longer than probably normal. So it took five years. But if you take the whole, you know, four years undergrad, five years PhD, it kind of works out the same as if someone did uh, an undergrad, master's, then PhD. So that's uh, basically nine years. And I never set out to do one. It was just, it kind of happened. You know, you go along with life and at the end of my, in my final year of my undergrad, what happened was I did a project, you know, you do a thesis effectively, and I got a paper out of that. I really enjoyed it. So I decided, oh, I'll, I'll apply for a PhD. And at that time, the dot-com crash had happened. And, you know, IT, it computing wasn't, wasn't the hottest thing at that time, you know, probably 2003. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. They'll pay me some money. You know, I uh, got a scholarship. They'll pay me some money. I'll have something to do for a few years. I I enjoy doing this, and I slowly get into it. So I did computer science, and uh, it was on heterogeneous systems. So that was quite interesting. Um, getting into it, seeing how things go, and then coming at the other end and doing something totally different because you know I went into bioinformatics, um, which is not something I did. I never studied biology, and I fell into it accidentally just because of uh friends and job markets and whatever. Uh, but it's amazing. I really, really, really enjoy it. But it took a few years to transition into a different field. But because I had that background in computer science uh, uh, on the theoretical side, it did help me uh, ease in from a computational side. But I'm, I'm still missing all the biology and, and whatnot. Um, but then I, I've come across a lot of different people who have um, done degrees or masters in bioinformatics, and they have a very deep understanding, plus then a few years of experience, you know, actual practical on the ground public health, uh, genomic epidemiology, that kind of thing, and they are of equal, you know, knowledge to me. You know, there, there's no inferiors there. I just happen to have stuck around. A PhD is very much a, a project of passion. You know, can you stick it out for a few years and not go crazy? Um, I think the way my supervisor did it was very good. Um, it was all broken down into small projects, so I would. Do a small amount of work or write a paper, do a small amount of work, or write a paper, and it was this constant, you know, constant outputs, like we do in pigeon in, uh, you know, it's constant outputs, you know, with different projects coming to a start, coming to an end, they'd be overlapping as well, and it's just having that pipeline of work and to get it out, and you have that as well in, in normal life. The only difference is, uh, say with a PhD, you're, you have that extra time to do more reading, um, and more writing as well. So you gain an understanding of how to construct a paper, but also how to construct experiments and uh, maybe think slightly outside of the box. I've been talking a long time. Sorry, Kevin.
0: (laughs) No, I got, there's a number of threads I was thinking about pulling on there, especially even from the onset of what you said of, it depends on maybe the career trajectory you care to map out for yourselves. And that is absolutely true. And I want to go into that point. But another thing you said is that, you kind of, it just was almost by happenstance in position of your trajectory from undergrad that you kind of moseyed about into a PhD program. And I think that is often the case, at least in the U.S. perspective from, 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 you know, coming from a biology program, a lot of people in the U.S. that are getting a biology major fall into two broad camps. The first of which is your pre-professional health and you're positioning yourself to be a physician, a dentist, a physician assistant, or something in the healthcare world where you need to go on to get a professional degree at med school or or otherwise. The other, and that's the vast majority of biology majors in the U.S., the other maybe like 20 or so percent, they're thinking, how do I get a career in biology? And a lot of them look at the career tracks and see it as relatively degree limiting. Like if you came out with it in the U.S. with only a bachelor's degree, there's a a relatively hard ceiling for you uh, to go into there. So they just like, all right, well, I mean, I might as well just go on to the next thing. And the people who are really bright, they go to what they see as the more prestigious program. They follow the PhD route, not really knowing what it's going to look like, what it's going to be, what maybe even is on the other career track and weighing those kind of options out. So I just wanted to speak on that, that that is a common position a lot of people are in. And then they're like two, three years in their PhD program. Like, whoa, (laughs) what did I get myself into? What was the investment I'm making? What do I assume the return to be? So that's something we're thinking about. So on that line of, uh, you know, Conversational thread there. You're talking about if someone cares to be an academic researcher versus maybe industry, the PhD has its value. What is it that is valuable in the research setting in having a PhD that
1: you really can't get otherwise? Well, first of all, you're not going to get rich doing PhD, okay? <clears throat> in fact, well, you might come out of a PhD and then be earning less than people who have say done a master's or degree and gone into working worlds. <laughs> Because you've missed that and you've been on basically minimum wage you know for the four or five years you've been doing your phd and so you know it, it's uh it can be a bit of a, a gut punch at that point you know to come out with an only either be earning a tiny bit more or or uh not at all and i remember people i went to school with you know um who went into manual trades like plasterers and plumbers and they earning vastly more than me you know coming out of phd i'm like wow you know uh have I gone down the wrong route here but it's not something you do to earn money <laughs> they can help but it's something you do because you're passionate about uh the subject and a passion for learning and it does give you that space and time to actually go in depth and learn a bit more about different things and to be honest you could be doing a PhD in, in a lot of different areas and still have gained those same uh, core skills it's not training you actually to be a professional it's not, um. Like a doctor or a dentist, and it's not training you to have something that is basically like it's necessarily useful generally. Like you know <laughs> how to program or whatever, but you do pick that up along the way. And particularly in biology and uh, computing, you do have very practical skills. But you know if you did one another subject, you you may may bless.
0: But, but the practical skill though, it, you you got hit on it in your specific program is writing papers and putting output like contributing to the field. So you very much learn how to communicate in. The world of academia, you understand how to articulate that argument, how to read others' arguments, which is super specific to the academic world. there's some transferability in that line of thinking, how to articulate yourself and things like that, how to write in that kind of way in the professional world, but it's hyper specific. Like there is there's a huge like you you to be able to navigate your way through academia, you need to know how to speak to other academics and understand their materials, how to go to conferences, present your ideas, Um, and and that's your currency and is. Publications, especially strongly in the US, like kind of live and die on your publication record and how it's cited and things like that. That's how you contribute to the overall conversation of your specialty.
1: And what you find is there's two types of people. You know, some people like to teach and so they go <clears> into <throat> academia because they want to teach, <clears throat> but there are very few jobs in that, you know, and particularly in biology and computing, where we are just churning at PhDs like there's no tomorrow, that, you know. They, there's so many graduates they could never hope to get jobs and what happens sometimes is actually you see people taking very junior jobs um because they're they're seen as overqualified you know and so then they end up being like a lab monkey rather than maybe a researcher doing postdoc and so that is a a problem um (sighs) yeah sorry i forgot well i forgot no no no
0: Absolutely. I mean, they, again, there's so many different threads, I think. And I think we've kind of really covered that if that specific skill set of academic um, understanding is where a PhD adds its value and, and how to communicate, how to write those papers, that perseverance and that like and, and growing your like m- specialty in your exact field and knowing where the edge of the sciences are is, is you know, undeniably the skill set that you develop in the PhD or at least that you a a PhD program is encouraging you to develop. As beautiful as that is, and there's the passions of that thing there, it's it's important, as you said, to know what the return on your investment is. It may not be monetary. It will be gaining that passion for the skill, an understanding of the academic language and landscape, um, and and how to navigate that space. But the other track of that, if you care to go in an industry, if you care to not be in academia, do you see the value or need even
1: to get a PhD? Uh, where the big thing that I see value in is how to solve problems, uh, mm. from personally me, it's being told here's a blank sheet now go off and solve it, you know, and it's where to start, where to dig down, you know, what to read, how to read it, how to distill all this knowledge. AI can get you maybe part of the way but it, it can't really, you know, do everything. It's how to essentially problem solve and craft the correct questions to ask and then find out the answers and then put it together in a coherent manner Or design the experiments which will tell you the answers and so that's a huge valuable thing and that it takes a lot of training it takes a lot of practice and that's where say paper writing comes in because effectively that's what you're doing you know you're doing a project you're finding out the answers whether it works or not and all the little things that go wrong along the way and solving those and that is incredibly valuable in academia but also for um, pushing the boundaries of research you know coming up with a way of and, um, maybe approaching problem differently. I've done a lot of bioinformatics tools. and you think, yeah, these are straightforward or simple, but it's really when you get into it and the complexities that you have to pull together all these different threads and keep them together and then solve it. And where my software engineering background comes in very handy is that I can then go and write software that people can actually run, you know, and that's yeah. another problem. with academics, they may be able to solve the problem and you know once, but they may not be able to write a program to solve it a million times. And that's yes. uh, uh, that's where. You need people who are practitioners in how to do things properly, you know, to industry standards.
0: I I like what you said there about, you know, that that ability to solve the problem when there's kind of a blank sheet of paper in front of you, like outside of just the question in front of you, there's not a directionality to exactly how you solve it. So you have to be able to come up with that directionality and own that project. And if you look at the lens like that, that it becomes incredibly transferable. So like if there's somebody listening and they're in the PhD program, they're like, oh man, what am I going to do with this passion <laughs> that I've uh, invested in? Obviously you'll have that, but and, and know how to write in the papers and all the things that we've talked about, but the transferable skill that maps to any aspect of life, I feel, but specifically in the professional life is that ownership of a project, problem solving, breaking things down into minute uh, buckets that become digestible and pushing forward. Um, and, and, A PhD program is an amazing environment that gives you that space because you do need the practice to do that. It's not often that you're going to get like an entry level position outside of your bachelor's degree that gives you that space, that gives you a blank paper. You're just not trusted enough. So, you know, in the PhD programs, they give you a lot of trust. They give you your own space. You have your own lab space. You have your own reagents. You have your own to some degree funding um, that, that you have at your disposal to, you know, design your experiments and run them. And that becomes, I guess something that is immediately uh, valuable if you care to go outside of academia as well.
1: And it's that critical mass of environment around you that really helps, you know, because everyone around you is doing similar stuff and it's thinking similar ways. And so just being there physically, you actually learn so much from your colleagues. And that's not something that's written in a book. You know, it it is Mm -hmm. something that just day to day being around similar minded people really, really does help. And one thing I do want to say is though, if some people go into PhDs, for prestige reasons they they want to be called doctor yeah and yes. those are the people who will drop out 100% mm-hmm. guaranteed um and also no one calls you doctor either uh, <laughs> you know my mother you know will will write on a christmas card and that's about it you know or your your <laughs> bank but it you know it, it's not a as big a deal as you might think it is um and uh yeah don't that's go into it for the wrong reasons you know you have yeah, to watch what you're doing
0: And so I landed in that middle zone where I went to a master's program that was thesis based. And I didn't realize how valuable that was because I was given, mine was only two year program, but I was given that blank sheet. So I didn't have the, you know, in the U S it's more common to have like five year PhD program. So you mentioned yours being a little bit long. That's average. Like I know people who are on a seven year track and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It gets bananas, but I had a dip in the water of what it was like to be in academia, uh, to write papers to experience the, the whole conference runs of things. And then um, in two years' time, I had a project that I was able to own. So that was an amazing route. Shout out to my program at James Madison University. who's was also paid for, which is relatively uncommon in the U.S. for a master's program. Um, but you know, the, the skills I developed were exactly that, the transferability of looking at a problem, owning it, and figuring out how to design my experiments to get me closer to the truth that I was ultimately aiming for.
1: Um, also, the good thing is, I wouldn't do a PhD unless it's actually you've got a scholarship or something, mm, because fine, yes, yeah. phenomenal amount of money. Um, I, was, I was very lucky actually. Uh, the Irish government were flush with cash at that time, and so they are like, "Okay, we would invest in in clever people, uh, good people, rather than projects." So yeah. they're investing in you know the the potential and growing the the people side rather than the project side. And it's actually flipped recently in many countries to we'll have these schools or programs which are focused on one particular thing and then get people to fill the gaps you know like more more like a, a program where you're, you're you've got a defined set of work and um, whereas actually i think ireland at the time did it very well it was just like we're going to get clever people and they can do stuff and we'll give them money you know <laughs> to to mess around for four or five years and i think that worked really well because it kind of seeded a lot of different things in ireland and yeah. internationally um so i'm very very grateful to the irish taxpayer Nice, nice. All right, and that's a big point. Yeah, in the US, pretty much all
0: scientific uh, terminal degrees like that are paid for, masters, it comes comes and goes. But yeah, to do it and uh, carry the burden of the financial responsibility yourself is not advisable because, like you said, the return of investment isn't necessary finances.
1: When you say paid for, do they pay your salary or do they just pay for your fees?
0: In the US, what generally happens is your tuition and things are covered and then you would get something like a um a stipend for teaching so generally you'll teach like the undergrad session either the laboratory or lecture even oh. something like that um there are some but rare circumstances very really prestigious if you have everything funded for as a phd student and you can just focus strictly on uh on your research there but
1: uh yeah, yeah. The, the usual over here in the uk and ireland is um all your fees are paid for and then you get basic minimum wage, uh, which in the mm. UK is much higher than the US. Um, so it's about uh, maybe eighteen, twenty thousand 20,000 pounds. I don't know, yeah. $1,000, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 And so that's enough to keep going. And it's tax-free as well. And then you usually get a small amount of money for training or for reagents and things like that mm. on top of that. Um, and there's no requirement for teaching. Um, that's a condition that's to make it tax-free. Um, if you if there is a requirement, if it's tied in some way, then I think you have to pay tax because then it's it's not a yeah anniversary, um. So and every country does it different, you know. In some countries, uh, I think Norway, it's very very much you're paid a professional wage, and you know with all the benefits that go with it, you know as, as professional, but that then makes it very expensive. So then there's far less people doing PhDs, and that is the limiting factor there. Um, but it, it is very interesting how all these different countries do it.
0: All right, man, we can talk about this for ages. I think it's summary to, to wrap up this a bit nicely is academics or rather if you're going into a PhD program, thinking about it, whether or not it's right for you, consider the outcomes. If you're staying in an academic world, you want to be in the, the, the walls of academia for your career. It's very useful. If you want to be outside of that, maybe not as useful. There's other routes to, to learn a lot of those similar skills. Anything else? Nope. All right. Nice. See everybody in the next one.